What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into the Yanks Go Yard podcast, Monday, April 24th, 2 o'clock Eastern. Like always in the New York Yankees, more than three weeks into the regular season, have lost their first series of the year. Bummer, it was at home. Bummer, it came against a division rival in the Blue Jays who like to chirp us. Positive, could have easily been swept. The one win was a walk-off where the Yankees came back uh, with a tie-breaking homer late, blew the save, and then walked off in the bottom of the ninth anyway. So if you're going to lose a series, which you are, and if you're going to maybe lose all three games, but ultimately win one of the three, that's kind of the way you want to do it. But we're going to talk about it all. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays fans, we, we got through one series with them, uh, with Vlad Jr. as a major thorn in the Yankee side, as always. Alec Manoa also extremely bothersome. Dalton Varsho did almost nothing, hit one home run, and that was enough for Toronto Blue Jays fans to blow up. Our mentions yesterday since we know most of you were probably watching the New York Knicks win two playoff games in one weekend and try to advance to their second round for the second time in 22 years we understand that maybe you were not keyed in on the Yanks who were extra sleepy this weekend but we'll talk you through all of it from Vladdy to Manoa to Garrett Cole who's off to a top five start in ERA in Yankees history to even Clark Schmidt, who was pretty damn good yesterday, but was that sustainable long-term? The IQ still has to improve. We'll be the latest to talk about Vlad Jr.'s personal family problem with the New York Yankees that he doesn't want to talk about, but does want to bring up every time he's asked about it so that he can say he does not want to talk about it. We'll talk about it too. We'll help you out. Here come the Minnesota Twins. Once again, the Yanks are heading to Minneapolis tonight. 
three games in mini, four games in Texas. That's how they round out the week. Tough schedule. Uh, compare that to the Rays, who are playing the AA Midwest League for the entire month of April. And uh, yeah, it's obvious why the Yankees are a pretty strong second uh, banana. Not a second place team, though. That's the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk it out. Uh, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us those five-star reviews. Drop us those mailbag questions if you got them. We'd love to answer. And also, very importantly, follow us on TikTok. We're Yanks Go Yard FS, just like we are on Twitter. If you are from the Toronto metro area, just kidding. Uh, yeah, join us on TikTok. The videos are getting uploaded clips from the podcast. Our producer, Joanne, does an incredible job calling those. And if you're the weirdo who's sitting on Yanks Go Yard, the username on TikTok, why don't you just be, be a buddy and give that up? We, I mean, we're happy to have Yanks Go Yard FS, but who, somebody else's Yanks Go Yard and uh, considering we're the only website called that, I don't really know why you want that. But And you've uploaded no content. So if you want to talk, we're open to it. In the meantime, Thomas Carinante has an offer for everybody who is not squatting on domains on social platforms. Yeah, this is also for the people in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. You're familiar with that, aren't you? Um, if you guys are trying to get your feet wet in the sports betting world, you head on over to DraftKings.com or download the DraftKings app on your phone. If you're a first-time user, you punch in the code YanksGoYard. You bet $5 on any sport. If that bet hits, you get $150 in bonus bets. Pretty good deal. That means you could bet on massive favorites that are seemingly um, easy to hit. You could just bet the Yankees under total every fucking night and probably hit it too because they're not scoring any runs. Um, and this is a great uh, promotion. It helps support the podcast and, you know, on what planet if you could um, – I don't even know the math here. What is this? You're 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 getting 30 times the return on your investment um, if you hit that five dollar uh, bet on any sport. So head on over there, punch in the code Yanks Yard if you're a first time user at DraftKings and get betting. Also do it responsibly, please. I can't stress that enough. Um, the terms and conditions: it's a minimum five dollar deposit and wager required. New customers only. Twenty one and present in all of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. If you have a gambling problem and you're in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. If you're in New Jersey, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. If you're in Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. See full terms at DraftKings.com or in the description below. Happy betting. We got this. A lot of stuff going on over these next uh, few months, so have at it. We got this. The most interesting stuff that's going on over the next couple of months. Well, it could be the Yankees. Who knows? Uh, I, uh, I've i been trying not to get too negative. I get called out when I get too negative, and I appreciate people calling me out for that. Um, yes. No reason to be too negative about this team. Uh, I know some people are going to be regardless. Uh, this is, again, the first series they've lost. Um, so you can be, I think, simultaneously not thrilled with what you're seeing and the offense sure. is dead and the offense has Willie Calhoun batting fifth and Franchi Cordero batting sixth and the shine is off both of those people. So you can be realistic and say the Yankees we're seeing right now are a couple of bats short and the Yankees we're seeing right now have two pitchers occupying rotation spots at least who should not be there and won't be there at some point. I was hoping for a 500 ish start to the year because of these trials and tribulations the only problem being that the trials and tribulations have gotten worse. Giancarlo Stanton now on the shelf for an extremely long time. Add in the fact that Carlos Rodon appears to have checked out all right from his back issue, but he's not going to be back until the end of May. So you're going to have to tread water or do better even longer than we initially thought. But I was sort of eyeing 500, couple games over, 
even a game or so under after April. Well, they're 13 and nine on April 24th. Not bad. They were 13 and eight. High watermark is five over 500 so far. Pretty good. Good pace. Pulling out a lot of wins they had no business winning. That's how you do that. Um, <clears throat> only problem a lot of the losses have either been completely dead in the water offense or late bullpen floundering, which is the worst. Uh, it's, it's this team does this every year. Um, uh, the losses look particularly bad, and so they counteract the joy you felt from the wins. Even the win on Saturday came with Wandy Peralta inheriting a two nothing lead in the ninth and, and going walk to run homer to tie it before even recording it out in that, like, oh, can he get the save? No, he can't only not get the save. He can't record an out before blowing the save. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's definitely a bummer. No one's excited. Uh, but all in all, this could have been so much worse. You, If you told me Alec Manoa's line score, the seven innings and a, just a couple of scattered hits and 85 pitches, and showed me Gossman's line score and showed me Kikuchi's line score, I would have said sweep. Obvious sweep. Uh, the Yankees managed to get one because Garrett Cole, who, who didn't even complete six innings, was special yet again. He did not have his best stuff. Oh, maybe he did, but he battled. He ends up, uh, I mean, the all-time Yankees ERA leader thing is, is sort of insane. But through through the first five starts of the year, uh, lowest ERA in Yankees history. It's Eddie Lopat in 1951 at 0.60. And that guy was scuffing the ball like crazy. It's Spud Chandler during the middle of World War II, 1946. He had an 0.60. And Garrett Cole, third ever, at 0.79, Hank Borowie in the middle of World War II in 1945, just behind him at 0.80, and David Cohn in 99, 0.82. But Cole had a start that it's it's his worst start yet, probably, and it lowered his ERA to 0.79. And they win that game because Anthony Volpe is clutch. People are going to love, love, and by love I mean hate, having a Yankees player whose metrics aren't great, whose offensive numbers aren't great, but is discernibly clutch. That's the worst thing for Yankee haters. Because uh, Anthony Volpe, the numbers don't line up, but you want him up in, in important scenarios already three weeks into his big league career. And then DJ LeMay, of course, healthy DJ is the most important thing. We're obviously lingering on the win because it's nice to talk wins. But overall, no fireworks, no dramatics, just a lot of bad Yankees offense. And ultimately, they come out with just one of these three games. Yeah, um, look, I think the complaints right now were a little bit much for me. And I'm a big complainer. I love complaining. Um this is to kind of indict Brian Cashman this early for all the people who hate Brian Cashman. Um, sure, it's easy. It's low-hanging fruit. Um, but uh, we're 13% of the way through the season. We have the same record as the Blue Jays who are supposed to, you know, who they think they're better than us. They think they improved year over year. Um, and they're constantly trying to breathe down our necks and, you know, chirp at us and, and get under our skin. Um, many have picked them to go to the World Series and win the World Series. We're on par with that team despite missing Harrison Bader, Giancarlo Stanton, Luis Severino, um, Carlos Rodon, Jonathan Loisega, Tommy Canely, Frankie Montas, Lou Trevino, Scott Efros. It's a lot. It's a lot of people. Um, a lot of so guys. it's a lot of guys. Um, the Blue I'm not Jays, using- by the way, the Blue Jays, we're, we're on par with them record wise, but it should be said yeah. that. We have a plus 21 run differential, which, okay, fine. Right up there with Pittsburgh and Milwaukee. But Toronto right now is a minus four. They're in the negatives and run differential. They should be a a way worse team, and we should be about as good as we are. So for us to do that with all the injuries and for Toronto to be 
pretty much healthy, getting these dominant starts, although Manoa obviously was dreadful before this series. But they've got the deep rotation. They've got that revamped defense, and they're leakier than they, you know, they, they get outscored on a, you know, a 20 several, uh, 22 game basis so far. Yeah. And the, look, the fact of the matter is, is we should not be having Willie Calhoun, Franchi Cordero, uh, Isaiah Conner-Falefa, Oswaldo Cabrera yeah. playing as everyday starters. Those guys are supposed to be supplementary pieces. They're supposed to be depth pieces. I know we were on all high on Oswaldo Cabrera, but he was more so supposed to be kind of the super utility player that was going to provide relief when the Yankees were inevitably dealing with their injuries. Um, and he's doing that now, but the bat's not, the bat hasn't come around yet. Um, and if you want to indict Cashman on one thing, it's the Stanton thing, right? Because Stanton is not healthy and he's pretty much only locked into the DH spot in terms of, you know, him being able to have that longevity. And then when he's absent, it's crushing for this lineup. Giancarlo Stanton, in theory, shouldn't be this important to the Yankees lineup, but he is, and that's what it's come down to. So that's what we Especially have to do. Especially because he's the streakiest hitter. He's the streakiest yeah. great hitter in baseball. So mm-hmm. even when he's healthy, he'll have 10-day stretches where he's borderline unusable. And yeah. for the lineup to go where he goes, you're baking in the fact that, all right, there might be a week where nobody hits because Stanton's easy to get out and you're throwing you know curves in the opposite batter's box. He can't get his timing right. So even when he's healthy – Going off Stanton means you might be signing up for a week-long slump. Yeah, um, and it happens. That's life. Baseball's weird. It's weird every single day. It's weird every week. You know, one week you hate your life. The next week you're convinced you're going to the World Series. Um, fact of the matter is the Yankees at 13-9 and nine at this point, having only lost one series on the season. Um, with all these injuries, with all these shortcomings, I think even in spite of – Aaron Boone's question like this weekend kind of questionable decision making from Aaron Boone especially in that win um what was that yeah bringing in Clay Holmes at that point Clay Holmes has not proved that he could face all the best hitters in a given lineup in a tight game based on what he's done the second half of last season and the beginning of this season in spring training so um I don't I don't know what the perfect answer would have been there um but it certainly wasn't that. I'd probably bring in Marinaccio for for that inning. Um, they keep the using other... Marinaccio for like eleven pitches. I, they, yeah. they keep doing up downs with Marinaccio, but then saying like, "Oh, you can't face the top of the lineup, though." And he did yeah. at the end of that Angels series. They were like, "Get yeah. out of this jam!" Like, "Oh, get out of the bases loaded." But then here comes the top of the lineup, and you got to go. He throws eleven pitches in one of those outings where they could have used more length, not less. I when Marinaccio was brought in against the Angels. I was like, oh, I guess we're going 30 pitches today. I guess we're going two and a third innings, which he did opening day through like a three inning, the two inning 38 pitch save. Yeah. And then now they're like, get, better get him out of there at 11. Better get two easy outs and then we'll yank him, which they did yeah. in the uh, Saturday game. Biggest issue for me, though, was leaving Clark Schmidt in for the six yesterday. Yes. Um, now, why? Why is that? You're going to sit there and you're going to say, well, he was under 70 pitches. He was super efficient. He struck out eight batters. Why? Well, the problem with Clark Schmidt is that he's never thrown more than four and one-thirds innings in a start in his entire career. Um, his struggles come in two ways. First inning, and we avoided that yesterday. He got through the first inning unscathed. It was amazing. And you figured, okay, this might not be a bad day. It ended up being a great day. The second time Clark Schmidt gets absolutely tattooed is the third time through the lineup. Aaron Boone leaves him in for the third time through the lineup, despite the efficiency with the pitches, despite how sharp he looked, 
and that was the difference in the game. That was the definition of not leaving the blackjack table when you had your money. You had your money won. Clark Schmidt, five innings unscathed. The day before, the, the two days before, you had semi-efficient starts. You had Domingo Herman went six, so the bullpen wasn't taxed. Garrett Cole went five and two-thirds. Obviously, you want a little more from that, but it wasn't a worst-case scenario. I think you take your money and run with Clark Schmidt's five scoreless and then figure out some, side of, some sort of bullpen plan after that, um, and that ended up being the difference because then you didn't end up using, uh, in my opinion, the bullpen arms that you truly wanted to in that tight of a game, um, and it resulted in a loss. So, uh, yeah, some questionable managerial decisions. But am I fully opposed to this? No. I can see the other side of the spectrum. It's like, okay, we want Clark Schmidt to actually be a starter. Let's have him go six. Let's have him go into the seventh if we can do it. Um, but it's weird at that point when you know Clark Schmidt's actual deficiencies, it's with those two ends of the spectrum, first inning and three, uh, third time through the order, you avoid one and then you try your luck with the other when you are facing a very good offense with some of the league's best hitters in it. Clark Schmidt is not the guy to leave in for that long. Um, but anyway, uh, what else pissed us off? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Does it ever end? Never ends with this guy. Well, shout out to the the only reason the Yankees won a game in this series. And so it, it does feel counterproductive to say like, hey, should he ain't Clark Schmidt early? Let him feel good about himself. But we know Clark Schmidt and they should he ain't Clark Schmidt early to let him feel good about himself, especially yeah. after Volpe makes that critical error. It extends that inning and allows him to face Vlad Guerrero Jr., who rocks him as he rocked everybody this entire series. Um, nothing felt more inevitable than the game, to- uh, the, the game breaking two run Vlad Jr. Homer late in Saturday's game, which ended up being the only day he did not homer. And of course, Danny Jansen hits the long ball. Cool. Um, but they, they leave they leave Clark in. And so he he gives up the dinger to, to Vlad Jr. And he gives up another dinger to Dalton Varsha. Why does he do that? Because he he's shied away from the cutter basically the whole game. The reason Clark dominated yesterday is because he said this cutter's not working. Uh, lefties hit him worse than ever. I, I put up a piece that just ran about this but lefties hit 268 off him last year uh bad and they hit like righties hit like 180 off him and lefties hit 270 so he added a cutter to try to change this and it made it so much worse they're opsing 1.27 against them this year they're hitting 360 even after yesterday when the blue jays threw a righty heavy lineup at him uh so we're looking at two games in a row where blue jays manager john schneider sends manoa to the mound for the comeback start on saturday Seven innings, 85 pitches, and he goes, that's it. That's good enough. You, you, you've done your job. Goodbye. I, they want him to feel good, but also at the same time, he's in the best rhythm he's been in all season. You can start the eighth with him, and then if he struggles, you can bring in Yimi Garcia. And ultimately, in the bottom of the eighth, Anthony Volpe strikes. Oswald, Oswald Peraza and Anthony Volpe strike with two outs, put the Aggies on top, which I don't think would have happened with Manoa. I will never know, uh, but we don't have to because John Schneider made that decision. Yesterday, he goes all righties against a guy who gets pummeled by lefties. And so Schmidt dumps the cutter, doesn't even have to think about it, starts getting like got Varsho in his first AB with a sinker, just one, two, three, struck out eight, having his career high start. Um, but naturally, once he does give up that homer to Vlad Jr., the tie is broken. He abandons the abandon the cutter strategy, tries to get a cutter in on Varsho. The numbers show Varsho kills cutters. Um, so Schmidt not only ended the game there with that Varsha home run, and he also ruined our mentions. Uh, Blue Jays fans taking a crazy victory. The, the Dalton Varsho love and victory lap knows no bounds. I thought maybe we could get out alive this weekend because he hasn't been good. He hasn't been good. 
He's been bad offensively. The metrics show he's been below average defensively. He has an 87 WRC plus this year. Volpe, who they love to hate, is at 97. Still a tick below average, but his recent stuff is trending up. Varsho's trending down. Varsho's also a 26-year-old man. Volpe is a 21-year-old kid. Regardless, they're both struggling, and Volpe's been better, and that did not stop Toronto's children from uh, trolling us uh, ad nauseum over Dalton Varsha's one home run and very poor rest of the weekend series, including uh, Garrett Cole getting a chance to take him down with a high. F- we were told Varsha loves high velocity and Varsha loves high fastballs and Varsha got dominated by Garrett Cole's high fastball on uh, on Saturday, which is he had second and third two outs. He gets a single there. They probably win the game. He doesn't. So we win. Um, I don't understand why he throws that cutter to Varsha who crushes cutters. I don't understand why the IQ told Clark Schmidt not to go cutter until he had to get a tough lefty out and then decided to bring it back and got tattooed. Maybe he figured we're not hitting two nothings, probably insurmountable. Let me try to get the cutter back in here. Maybe I surprise somebody the third time through the order. The cutter's just not a good enough pitch to do that. It, it doesn't change the look. It doesn't change anything up. It's just a flat, bad pitch at this point in time. Uh, but Vlad Jr., of course, goes deep in that first game, gets hit late in that first game uh, by Greg Weissert, who is uh, not renowned for his control. Uh, so I, I'm surprised that Vlad didn't make a bigger deal of that, especially since he made such a big deal of his personal uh, private family issues all weekend long. Uh, but we, we, he has more home runs against the Yankees than any opponent. He's got 15 against the Yankees. Um, he kills us at, at no point. During this, I will say, this Vlad doesn't want to come here saga, have I been like, oh, man, I wanted him, which is what our rivals seem to think that we're angry. I'm not angry at this. Vlad can say whatever he wants to. It's just a little try hard to say all offseason long, I will never go to the Yankees, even if I am dead, which like, do you really not think that's a bit of a try hard statement? The Yankees aren't, uh, there's no line to sign dead baseball players. The Yankees are, last time I checked, are not in the market to sign deceased athletes. So uh, the fact, it's not just him saying, I don't want to play for the Yankees. Oh, you guys can't handle a superstar not wanting to play for you. It's going above and beyond. He's He is implying that the Yankees did some grand injustice to him. But then when pressed on that says, I don't want to reveal it. But you do want to reveal that you feel that way. But then when someone's like, what are you talking about? It's like, never mind. I actually don't want to talk about it anymore. I thought it was simple enough to say, hey, you know what, Vlad Jr., if you don't want to play for the Yankees, you can say, I don't want to play for the Yankees and I won't comment on it. But when you comment only a sliver on it to say, I don't want to play for the Yankees and it's a deeply personal family issue to me and I won't elaborate further. And then someone's like, do you want to elaborate further? And then he's like, Instead of just saying, I don't want to talk about it, says, again, it's this personal, deep-seated family, emotional trauma, but I won't say anything other than that. Beyond just opening the door and saying, I feel this way, and obviously there are going to be follow-up questions, but once there are follow-up questions, I'm not going to say anything else. Um, I mean, he's he's handling it that way because he wants everybody to ask about it. It's, it's that simple. Yeah, it feels super contrived to me. Um, I don't... <clears throat> And this has been going on for a while, you know. Um, there's been the uh, the excessive celebrations against the Yankees and like meaningless tilts, where it's like, okay, cool, uh, whatever. Um, the comments for the, uh, about the Yankees over the last like two or three off seasons, they're they're of the same vein. They get a little bit louder each time. Um, 
And again, there is no novelty to this if you're going to hide what whatever it is. Um, I'm, I guess I'm sorry that he has trauma from the Yankees, which again, I don't know what it is, nor do I really care, honestly. Um, also, let it be known that this offseason when he said, I never want to play for the Yankees, even if I'm a dead person, which again, they w- also wouldn't want you if you were that. Um, his dad said, Vlad Sr. said, I wish he had not said that. You never know who's going to offer you the most money, which, yeah. of course, you, you don't want to eliminate that. I don't care if he ever plays for the Yankees, and neither should he. But eliminating the Yankees altogether, just so you can show you're a rah-rah badass you know, rival, uh, is you're basically just taking a team out of the pool of free agency so that when whoever's doing his contract negotiations floats the, hey, Vlad's actually reconsidering and the Yankees have been in contact with his camp, everyone's going to be like, uh, no, he said a couple of years ago you'd have to be dead for, for that to even happen. So no, we're not going to take this leak seriously. Um, you're losing leverage. Whatever the personal issue is, his dad doesn't seem to share it. So that's it. Like, I, I think you could just comment and say, again, I've, I've said my piece and I don't intend to join the team and I won't. Toronto fans don't have to worry about that. You could even make it pro Toronto. Just say, I have no interest. I love my I love my home fans. I would love to stay. We'll see what happens. I'm obviously going to test the market. Um, but one thing I can guarantee my fans is I will never go to the Yankees. Great. Done. Um, but now he's hinting that there's something more. And, and it's a pattern of behavior. Yeah, and he got booed, obviously, after hitting the home run, I think, on um, – was it Sunday? Which home uh, yeah. run was it? Yeah, he gets booed all the time. But it's The Sunday home run, run, it was like they, they talk, the New York Times asked him or the media, and it was written in the New York Times article, and he was asked about being booed, and he commented back, quote, of course you listen to it, but they're not going to take that home run away from me. I'm just going to continue to run the bases and enjoy it. Uh, yeah, last I checked, um, booze never took anything away from anybody. Um, your rights aren't being infringed upon. Um, you're not being oppressed in any way, shape or form, um, after hitting a home run. So, uh, again, just blowing this up, making, making booze something bigger than they are acting as if he's, you know, uh, he's coming up through the depths of adversity and, and achieving something nobody else has ever achieved. Surviving booze at Yankee Stadium after winning a game. Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, April 23rd, 2023. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't, it's it's annoying to talk about this because you had the Manoa thing in the offseason when he talked about Garrett Cole being the biggest cheater ever. Um, yeah. And uh, we had that whole thing last year when Manoa hit Judge. Um, and then they, uh, Cole and Manoa started talking shit to each other. Um, and it's just like, this isn't even a rivalry. The Blue Jays don't have any success the last two or three off seasons. They've been projected to do big things. They've done very small things. In fact, they have cratered in ways that you couldn't have even, if it happened to the Yankees, it would be national headlines. They blew it against the Yankees in 2021, which was one of the most underwhelming Yankee Yankees winning teams with a winning, winning record in team history. That was, that was one of the most disappointing seasons of all time for the Yankees in terms of expectations, and they still got the better of Toronto. Um, And then last year, they blow that eight-run lead against the Mariners in the playoffs, and they go down. They didn't even even put up a fight in that series. Um, And if the Yankees do either, I mean, the Yankees did do one of those things. They lost the wildcard game at Fenway, and it was national news for quite a while. The Yankees were getting punked by everybody. Um, The Blue Jays have the luxury of failing spectacularly 
and having it go away very quickly. And then that allows them to have the luxury to continue talking like this, continue to bring these stories into the mainstream without any context um, or just um, have it be more outlandish than it truly is. Um, and now we have to talk about it here and it's annoying to me. Yeah. Well, we don't have to, but we are, um, we I have mean, to. they're, they're going to clip, they're going to clip this. They're going to love this. clip it. Um, yeah. The, the Yankees, Blue Jays and Red Sox all collapsed in 2021, except for the Yankees made it to the postseason and got embarrassed. And I sometimes wish they hadn't the Red Sox are the Red Sox. So even if they collapse, they're able to stave off their own collapse. And because they're the team that has postseason success out of nowhere and has pulled postseason success out of their ass, four times in 20 years and never gone more than six years in a row without a world series. And by the way, this would be five uh, if they don't win the world series this year, but of course they go ahead and uh, they they're trailing in the eighth inning three times this past week and win three, all three of those games. Um, so they're, they're a 500. They're using their magic so far this year to be a 500 team, which I guess I'd rather they do than using their magic to be a way over 500 team. But the Red Sox know how to persevere. The Yankees know how to get to the postseason, and the Blue Jays don't. All three teams did the same thing uh, in 2021, and the Yankees and Red Sox did what they do. The Yankees survived enough to make the playoffs because they toppled the Blue Jays late in the season. That's how the hierarchy goes, and the Red Sox do more than that. The Red Sox send the Yankees out of the postseason because that's what they do, and then they go all the way to the ALCS where Houston beats them because that's the natural chain of command because Houston beats everybody. Um, so we're going to have to hear from the Blue Jays again later in the season. We're going to have to hear from uh, – we, we play them again in a couple of weeks. Uh, we, we don't play them again in Yankee Stadium until September. Cool <laughs> scheduling. Uh, yeah. September's yeah. schedule is – for the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays have a two-week stretch that's Yankees, Rays, Rays, Yankees. So best of luck with all that. That's not who you want to be facing. Although I guess that's who Major League Baseball wants the Blue Jays to be facing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I do just want to shout out Anthony Volpe because there's been some weird Anthony Volpe discourse lately. And he was great again in this series by and large for the most part, except for, of course, uh, you know, Sunday has a terrible game and Sunday Dalton Varsho homers. And so all of a sudden you have Jays fans talking about, uh, yeah, there's a, uh, you know, who your guy, your guys, stat cast, your guys, whatever. Hmm. Um, Volpe stat cast, the quality of contact has been not great so far. The defensive numbers have been up to up to par uh he's he's in the reds um he's now projected for uh and after yesterday's game he's now down to an 87 wrc plus bad 
But that's what a small sample size can swing it. Entering yesterday, he was at a 97. Now he's basically in Dalton Far Show territory, which is why it's been so funny to watch Blue Jays fans vehemently defend their honor of an older player who's performing exactly like this younger player who's watching the momentum grow over time. But that two-run shot on Saturday, built for the... <laughs> Built for the moment, I, I tweeted, built for this. And then you got Blue Jays fans recirculating that yesterday. There's nothing lamer than recirculating a tweet that was obviously intended to be around one tentpole event. Anthony Volpe homers, you tweet about the home run. That's no longer relevant if he strikes out the next day. I know that's insane. I know that's a crazy concept. But if I tweeted uh, George H.W. Bush as the president in 1990, and then a bunch of people retweeted it in 1996, and were like, nope, Bill Clinton is the president, dumbass. <laughs> then, yeah, I mean, that was a tweet from 1990, and then six years later, it was no longer accurate. Anthony Volpe hit a huge, clutch, heart-stopping home run on Saturday. On Sunday, he was bad. That tweet had nothing to do with Sunday's action. Hope that helps clear things up for everybody. But uh, Volpe comes up. Uh, Peraza extends the inning. How often have we just seen these innings die? When's the last time the Yankees had a two-out rally? Uh, Volpe impressively jumped on a first-pitch fastball. No dispute, no debate. Uh, no tinkering, nothing in the box, just leaps all over it and smashes it out to the short fortune, right? Um, Yankees can't hold on to that lead. It's very sad, but they don't win that game without the dinger anyway. And, you know, you can't take yesterday's game out, and I would never. It's part of a statistical, you know, drop the ball for an error that ultimately led to a game-losing two-run home run, struck out three times in four plate appearances against Kevin Gossin. Nobody else hit him either. Um, but his last... Uh, his numbers all got dragged down by the fact that he ended up going two for 12 in that weekend series with five Ks against top tier pitching. But before that, he was certainly trending up and hitting in the two seventies in the 10 game period prior. I, I leave even after his worst game as a Yankee, probably more impressed with him than I was when the series started. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who is, I don't know what this discourse is. I don't think I'm paying that close enough attention because no, I mean, um, again, I was watching the Knicks games over the weekend because I I was excited by uh, New York's uh, underdog playoff team, making its uh, making its way through the Eastern conference field. Uh, I had the Yankees on second screen. I assume most of you did too, except for the trolls who had the Yankees on uh, first and foremost front and center because the Raptors are no longer in the NBA postseason. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have any problem with Anthony Volpe's play. I think that maybe continuing to bat him lead off could be a bit of an issue. Um, I don't know if he's ready for that necessarily. Um, if the Yankees want to see the growing pains out, we're not even a month into the season. He's, he's, he has 20 something games under his belt. Um, there's still a long way to go with him. Um, but like we've said on previous episodes, the defense is largely there. The instincts are there when he gets on base. Um, the aggression with his, um, uh, pitch selection is there. He's getting under some things. Um, he's facing some top tier pitching and there needs to be an adjustment period for that. Um, so it's not on him to be fully performing. It's on him to be, um, slowly become more acclimated and, uh, assimilate into this lineup. The problem with the Yankees is the rest of the lineup. This lineup walked four times this weekend, four (laughs) Four times. They struck out 24 times. That's a problem. Um, And I understand um, Anthony Volpe has – he had zero walks in the series, and he's kind of been a walks machine up until this weekend. Um, But, yeah, the rest of the guys have to be carrying the weight. Aaron Judge, not really a good series at all. Um, One for 12. 
Aaron Judge can't be doing that in a series against the Blue Jays. Um, Anthony Rizzo, same type deal. He had his home run yesterday, but um, meaningless, uh, meaningless action and contribution up until that point, and then that is a meaningless hit. You're down five nothing in the ninth. You hit a home run or six nothing in the ninth, whatever it was. You hit a home run, awesome. That doesn't do anything. Um, Glaber Torres, um, he had an okay series. It was nothing special, but again, there were no timely hits here. Um, from anybody, I know DJ LeMahieu came big, um, came up big with that pinch hit, and then he had three hits yesterday. Um, but then you get to the bottom of the lineup, and it's truly a black hole. Um, so this comes down to, and then you look at the Blue Jays lineup, completely healthy, top to bottom, totally fine. They out hit the Yankees by three hits in this series. So again, I'm not overly concerned about anything. If the Yankees, you know, one uh, B squad essentially at this point, based on all the injuries and and the availability here, um, is going to go toe to toe like that with the Jays for the most part um, this early in the season and have their first series loss come at the end of April. Um, that's fine with me, and I'm not going to be upset with Anthony Volpe's play unless we're talking about you know him still hitting low 200s in July or his defense slipping as a result of his struggling offensive performance. Um, the only critique I would have here is maybe um, adjust the lineup a bit up top. Maybe have Rizzo lead off. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know the answer. I just don't know with the offense being as anemic as it is, having an inexperienced hitter like Anthony Volpe, having, to, having the responsibility of setting the table every single game. I think that's a lot to ask for, for a 21-year-old who has this limited experience. It certainly is. Uh, you're, you're not wrong there. I, I just, uh, you know, again, headed into the weekend, I felt like the lineup was trending in the right direction. I was not correct. They were worse than ever this weekend. It is what it is. Um, some of the lowest grade trolling too going on where people were like, obviously Yankee fans, you know, also stop making excuses, but Yankee fans being like, this isn't even our real lineup or whatever. And then people were like, oh, like, I wasn't aware Anthony Rizzo and Aaron Judge were part of the minor league lineup. And it's like, even the worst major league lineups have like two or three all-star level hitters. You know? Yeah. Right? Well, you have that too. It's like, oh, this isn't even our real lineup. And then it's like, oh, but they did nothing to fix this team. And it's like, which one is it, dude? Yeah. Which one is it? They did fix this team. Unfortunately, um, we are waiting for some people to come around. Um, we're waiting for some people to come back. Uh, they went all in on pitching and the rotation all in on, members yeah. are not here. Yeah. Look, 13 and nine missing three fifths of the starting rotation, 13 and nine. Harrison Bader hasn't played an inning yet. 13 and nine. John Carlos Stanton is out for probably two months. Um, 13 and nine. And uh, what? 30% of the bullpen is missing. Um, so I don't know what you mean. I'm not sticking up for leadership. I still think that there's a ton of problems with the decision making here. Um, but we haven't seen the final product yet. When we, when this lineup is completely healthy, we hope, I mean, I know that that's another layer of the problem here. The problem is we keep acquiring yeah. players who are not healthy conversation for another time. Let's talk big picture. When this lineup is healthy, when the pitching staff is healthy, for the most part, we're going to have injuries coming in, uh, in pockets and people are going to have to miss time. And some people are going to have to be called up, whatever, when largely the team is the framework that we've been, have envisioned it to be. And you're still going, you know, one for eight with runners in scoring position. You're still putting up, you know, four runs in a series. You're walking four times in a, in a three-game series. Then I think we can have a larger discussion of this team not being fixed and there being a serious problem. But the changes did come this offseason. Multiple prospects were promoted. Multiple bullpen arms were added. Uh, game-breaking starting pitcher was added. Um, 
uh, we had DJ DJ LeMay was coming back from from uh, being unhealthy the last two years, which is a big addition. Um, we were hoping guys like Oswaldo Cabrera and Oswald Peraza would take the next step. It's taking a little bit more time. Um, you know, through April 24th, we're not going to have those answers just yet. Again, talk to me in June, July, if this is still the case with everybody coming along. But you got to just chill out for a little while. Again, I love to complain. I love to be mad. But there is you can't be happy with you can't be unhappy with 13 and nine. With with what this team has dealt with so far, um, th- this should be exciting. Yeah, you can be unhappy with the individual games, and I sure yeah. am. Uh, no of one's course. excited about yesterday. It, it's 162 one game seasons, but overall, they're they're definitely <laughs> better than you had to have thought they were. Um, even though the offense has been pretty poor so far, I hate to keep harping on the Knicks, but uh, after losing to Dallas early this season, they were 10 and 13. Um, and I think like, you know, we all know where they are now. That was a terrible loss too. What happened at 10 and 13, right? This is a front office, the Knicks that I think most of you didn't trust. I don't think anybody at that point was going to bat for Leon Rose in the front office. (laughs) This was a coach in Tom Thibodeau that most of you thought should be fired at 10 and 13. You didn't trust him either. So if you're, if you're going to be telling me this isn't applicable because we believed in the Knicks vision, that's not true. No, you didn't. You hated Tibbs just as much as you hate Aaron Boone. Uh, you probably hate Brian Cashman more than you hate the sort of weird, <laughs> silent Knicks for an office. But you can't honestly come to me at, at this point and say, like, no, we trusted their vision and we don't trust this team's vision. The basketball season is long. Is, is long. It's 82 games. It makes you appreciate how long the MLB season is, which is double that. It's so long. Uh, that's 10 and 13 is the equivalent of being, like, 28 and 32 for the Yankees. We have so much time left before we have to talk about that. And uh, what did what did Thibodeau do? What did the front office do? They shortened the rotation. They got problem players out of there. They figured things out as they went along. And they gelled after acquiring Josh Hart in the middle of the year. They're 20 and 9 since bringing Josh Hart in. They're a completely different team. The Yankees have plenty of leeway to figure it out. And if they can't figure it out, then, yeah, that's got to fall on the decision makers. But you can't pretend that you had more trust in the Knicks brain trust a couple of months ago and just four months later they have completely turned around expectations we're all a little bit disillusioned with the yankees but that said the season is certainly longer than you're acting like it is right now and before we sign off i just want to give everybody another reminder Mm. that with DraftKings in new york new jersey connecticut the three best states in the union objectively pennsylvania (laughs) close fourth but those are the top three montana ninth not a big fan Minimum $5 deposit and wager required. You are a new user in this instance. If you're not, you're cosplaying as a new user. You can bet $5 on any sport, get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. As long as you use the code YANKSGOYARD, that's YANKSGOYARD, one word. That's a minimum $5 deposit and wager required on any sport. New customers only, 21 plus and present in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. If you got a gambling problem, there are plenty of people who are here to help. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. In New Jersey, call text 1-800-GAMBLER. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpd.org slash chat. See full terms at DraftKings.com or in the description below. Now, we're going to Minnesota. It's 42 degrees today in Minnesota. Sonny Gray is on the mound. His 0.82 ERA ranks just below Garrett Cole. Uh, they more like Garrett Cold. They bring in Michael King yesterday, down three nothing in that game after staying away from him on Saturday. So they burn Michael King, who maybe his arm didn't bounce back fast enough. 
to be available for the earlier game. And I get that. But that being said, why is he in yesterday's game? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you going to Albert Abreu down 3 nothing? Uh, the bullpen usage picture isn't exactly rosy. I don't exactly trust Clay Holmes in the icicles tonight. Um, Sonny Gray is obviously a top-tier pitcher everywhere except for in New York. Uh, we put up an article that's going up tonight, uh, thanks to our coworker Josh Wilson, that sort of maps out that maybe he's a little more predictable than you're thinking. Hopefully the Yankees read that and have the same data that we do. That said, uh, two-game losing streak for the Yankees feels a, feels in sight tonight for me. Uh, they've done it once so far this year, also against Minnesota. Johnny Brito will go back to the mound today. The Yankees are one of the best teams in baseball at recovering from losses. Uh, that is, again, they're only two-game losing streak. They've done it once. That means they've only lost after a loss one time, and they didn't let that two-game losing streak spiral any further. Um, so rel- extremely, extremely impressive work. Yesterday was, of course, uh, the Yankees 11-1 and now in games that could decide a series. Um, you know, with the chance to lose a series, they have won 11 games, they won 11 straight, and then they finally lost one yesterday but that's an almost unfathomable streak um what you gotta stop doing is losing the first game of series but i'm not exactly confident in tonight's action considering the weather i'm not ready for the face masks i do not want to see franchi cordero in a face sock um i don't want to see this lineup is not october ready three runs or fewer in eight of their last 10 games i don't want to see them dressed for october tonight in freezing minneapolis um, and the New York Rangers also play an important playoff game today. I, I don't want I don't want to think about Sonny Gray just mowing down this the C plus squad. Yeah. Sonny Gray is gonna go six, one earned, seven K's. Uh twins are gonna win bases tonight. Loaded. Yeah, bases loaded, no outs in the first though, and then double play ground yeah. or strikeout. <laughs> um, I think they win the next two games though. You got Nestor Cortez and Domingo Herman um against Joe Ryan and Kenta Maeda. I think those are two winnable games. Um, and then you head to Texas for a four-game series. Texas is Texas is tearing the cover off the ball, but they're missing their best player in Corey Seager. So if there was ever a matchup to uh to um to have offensively there, that that's that's a good uh that's a that that's a good, I guess, negative for for Texas for us to face. Although we do get everybody. Andrew Heaney, Heen Dog will be on the mound against Cole. Oh, that'll Jake be great. Rom. That'll be great. Jacob DeCrom, Nathan Yavaldi, and Martin Perez. So um, that won't be easy from a hitting standpoint because this team is not putting bat on ball, and those are four pretty solid pitchers based on what we've seen this early in the season. But, um, yeah, as early as tonight, it's a loss. Uh, you know, you're traveling after that loss yesterday, and Sonny Gray's been on fire. Rebound with Nestor and Domingo hopefully the next two days, um, and then just hope and pray. I just don't know why Harrison Bader is taking weeks after this. I, that's like that's what I'm most confused about. Um, why is he not coming back? He went on his rehab assignment. He's still not projected to be back for upwards of ten days. Uh, I don't, I don't understand it. Everything is a mystery with these injuries. The timelines, the diagnoses, um, just the explanation of it all. I, I don't know, but yeah, that, that's what I feel. That's what I feel is going to happen tonight and the next few days. I agree with you. That'll be a fun Ranger series. Uh, Bader is uh, the, the longest to answer everybody's question. How? What's the longest rehab assignment you could possibly have? It's 20 days for non-pitchers, and Boone already said Bader will be 10 to 14 days from the start of his rehab assignment on Friday. I caught him in the dugout on Saturday, which did make me go, Aren't, weren't you supposed to, in Somerset, New Jersey? 
See, where, why are you hanging out in the Yankees dugout? Uh, but who knows? Maybe they're they're obviously taking it slow. They're also, I would say, obviously, whether this is wise or not, sort of just saying we need Oswald Peraza for as long as we can. Josh Donaldson was pulled from his rehab start. Uh, congrats on the successful rehab, Josh Donaldson. Three at-bats, and then you have a grade one plus hamstring strain. So job well done there. Uh, but they need they need Peraza. I mean, he starts he starts at third like every day now. So they're going to when Bader comes back, either have to get rid of Peraza or dump Willie Calhoun or Frankie Cordero once mm. and for all. I would uh, do that or I would uh, do the Aaron Hicks move, which we're, we're going to talk about and call it the Aaron Hicks move until somebody actually does it. But they probably are just like, oh, we'll burn Peraza then we won't burn anybody else. So they're. My suspicion and sneaky theory is that they're trying to extend Bader as long as they can, assuming they can get by with IKF in center. I think that's a bad assumption. But so far, so not terrible for IKF, who takes the weirdest routes of all time, but still manages to make most of the plays he actually has to make and saved Thursday's game. So, uh, yeah, put, put a win on IKF's ledger so far this year, which is crazy to say, but true. He's that's the role that he's in. Everyone complaining about why we kept IKF. I understand like the Matt Carpenter thing is coming up now. It's like, oh, the that's Yankees unbelievable to me. That is unbelievable to me. Yeah. His last 15 games, he's hitting 229. Yeah. And then he has one five Yankees. RBI game. Look, you would be I, I would love Matt Carpenter. If they paid him. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, we would have been it would have been a laughing stock if we paid him that much money. Look, I we wanted Matt Carpenter back. I don't think that that's that's no secret here. It would have been great to have him back, but People are framing it as like, oh, it was either IKF or Matt Carpenter and the Yankees went with IKF. No, that's not what happened. Um, secondly, keeping IKF at that price based on what he's doing now, filling in at a multitude of defensive positions um, and playing them highly effectively is what the role should have been all along. And that's worth the money, um, especially when you look at other guys. Like I know theoretically Chris Taylor is a better hitter than Isaiah Connor falefa but he's hitting much like Isaiah Connor falefa right now, um, especially over the last season and a half, or I guess full season if you're talking about the full calendar year. Um, and he's getting paid $9 million more per year than Isaiah Connor falefa um, And uh, I, again, do I think IKF is an integral piece to this team? No. Do I think he's a valuable depth piece off the bench? Absolutely. Um, and it wasn't an either-or situ- situation at that point. The Yankees... I do question why the Yankees maybe felt the need to ditch Matt Carpenter and then go with Rafael Ortega, Willie Calhoun, Franchi Cordero, and now Cole Calhoun. I think that's an argument to be had. Um, then again, um, I you know the production that I guess Franchi has already given us is equivalent to what Matt Carpenter has done production-wise with the Padres up until it's this true. point. It's so true. don't forget that we are because one player has a bad day. And then Matt Carpenter has a good day on that player's bad day. Doesn't mean we're doing the exact, you know, line by line comparison and parallel to determine what the Yankees should have done and how they actually screwed up. Um, so that's where these arguments go off the rails. And then it's like, what are we even talking about here? Well, what's the conversation? What are we mad about? Or we're just mad in general and we're just yelling at stuff and throwing random things at the wall. Um, that has yeah, to stop. We, we already banked Franchi's best. So like it, the, the Franchi yeah. thing's probably over, but it did happen. We, we got four yeah. home runs out of him. One tied a game late. I, I want Matt Carpenter back. I want Matt Carpenter back as much as anybody, but um, I've also seen people being like, they really chose Aaron Hicks over Carpenter. No, they, yeah, didn't. they chose Aaron Hicks in, in 2019. 
And the fact it, you're not going to not pay Hicks and then pay Carpenter. Like Hicks is making $10 million this year, whether he's on the team or not. So if you cut him, you're paying him $10 million. And then you're also paying Matt Carpenter 6.5. So all of a sudden you're paying 16.5 for one aging DH and one guy who's not on the roster. Yeah. I miss Matt Carpenter, but last year Matt Carpenter was basically free and now he costs money. So it was the Yankees assessment that he'd probably already had his best days. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. He'd be better. <laughs> he'd be better on this team than Calhoun and Ortega in spring training and Franchi probably, but he costs $6.5 million to do it. And I think those guys make eight cents combined. And before Carpenter went three for three with a homer and five RBI yesterday, I don't think anybody would have said that. Um, and Carpenter, again, you we weren't going to get 15 homers in fucking 40 games. It just wasn't going to happen. Uh, it wasn't going to happen two times in a row. Um, so, again, pick pick the right arguments and at least formulate something together, like two ideas together that make sense instead of just like yelling about roster moves in general and then comparing two that have nothing to do with one another. Um, that would be great. And you're seeing less and less of Aaron Hicks. So I don't know what the complaint is there. You know, yeah, he doesn't even exist. I, I want Carpenter back from last year. I wanted last year's Carpenter in the playoffs last year, but I didn't yeah. get that either. I wanted no. to win the World Series with Matt Carpenter, that version on my bench, and Andrew Benintendi active. And I didn't get that. So you can't always get what you want, but um, you can miss Matt Carpenter and acknowledge that maybe they don't need to be paying him 6.5 million dollars this year but then again maybe the offense will be dead all series they're certainly two bats short i don't know if that corrects itself when bader comes back i don't know if that corrects itself when stanton comes back they're going to have to trade for their josh hart winning players winning offensive players figure it out if they don't figure it out they deserve scorn but they've got yeah. some time that is it for this edition of the inks go yard podcast make sure to find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify Wherever you get your podcast, we're coming to you live on YouTube, 2 o'clock Eastern, every Monday and Thursday. We're on TikTok, Yanks Go Yard FS. We're on Twitter, Yanks Go Yard FS. We appreciate all the early interaction of follows on the TikTok channel. Joanne is handling that for us. Uh, maybe we'll figure it out at some point. Probably not. We are 43 years old. No, we're not. We're younger than that. But we are not on TikTok, and uh, we're not Russian bots. We're not AI, so we're going to let the producer figure out how to maximize that platform. Ain't going to be me. Uh, very hard. Um, until next time, I'm Adam Weinerb. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinerb. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. You can find us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Both of our bylines are at YanksGoYard.com. Head on over there. Read the content. You haven't seen mine in a while because I can't type just yet. I think next week I'll <laughs> fully be back typing with both hands. Um, it'll be a great time. Um, and yeah, until then, folks, we got twin series on deck. We got an afternoon game on Wednesday before the four game series in Texas on Thursday. And that's the next time we'll be talking to you Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern live right here. We hope to see you again. Um, these podcasts have been great. Um, we just need some folks out there to tone it down. I mean, you're giving us talking points, so it is nice. But also some of the things are not what I want to talk about. I don't want to have to be I don't want to have to be the voice of reason. Okay. I really don't. It's too much of a burden. Um, it's too much of a responsibility. So let's go, let's get the discourse closer towards the middle and hopefully Thursday's conversations a little bit better. How about that? Yeah. I've seen enough. Tom Thibodeau should coach the New York Yankees uh, until Thursday. We'll be back with the discourse in full swing. See y'all then.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.